Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. All right, welcome to Sabres Live. It is a, uh, boy, you know what? It feels like a new chapter in everyone's life right now. I mean, this is Sabres Live, and we're going to talk hockey. Football season kicks off this week. Yep. We are, Marty, now uh, with almost within two hands of counting down to when the Prospects Tournament starts and really does launch our work into full force. Mm -hmm. Uh, When I say our work, I know you and Brian do a show every day. Um, but it, you just get that feeling. Kids are going back to school. Football season starts. Hockey's kicking off. And it's almost as if there's just this new breath of life into everything. And I don't know if there's ever been a summer that a lot of people have wished away as quickly as they can without rushing their own lifetime away. <laughs> because everyone can't wait for the Bills to take the field against the Jets. People can't wait for the Sabres to get back onto the ice. Uh, obviously with prospects and in camp and then preseason and we roll into the regular season. So I don't know about you, but I am, I'm, I'm in that group. I'm ready to go. I'm fired up. I'm going to the Monday nighter in New Jersey to watch the bills play the jets nice. for first, first time ever. Um, and then we're going to get back. We're going to get into the hockey season. And like you, every time you run into anybody in and around Buffalo, all they want to talk about are the Sabres. Who's going to fill in for Jack Quinn? When does he get back? Who's the goaltender? I mean, it is nonstop, and I love it. So, a uh, great time of year. I'm glad everybody could join. Uh, glad I can make it back in time to join you, Marty. Yeah, uh, no, that's uh, it was cutting it close. You had me a little nervous, but I love it. That's what I usually do to the whole control room and Duffer is I will log in like sometimes a little later just to see if they're on edge, yeah. uh, just to mess with them, especially after a long weekend. But I'll tell you this. You mentioned, you know, it feels different. It is September, although we are getting some really unbelievable weather here for the next uh, couple of days, which we had the last couple of days, but it feels different. And for me, every time Labor Day came around, every time I got to the rink, because players now are going to the main rink. They're in their cities, right? Most of the Sabres are here, are about to be here this week. They are going to the main rink. And they're going to work out with the strength and conditioning coach of the Buffalo Sabres, not their trainer back home. They're working out with the team. They're going on the ice and they're training while Don Granado and Kevin Adams are watching from the stands. Right. And so for me, every time I got to the rank after Labor Day, it was training camp. Training camp doesn't start 
for another two weeks and more for the regular. The rookies are going to, the prospects are going to be here in about 10 days. But um, training camp doesn't start for two weeks. But every time you go to the rink now, it is training camp. If you just are dog poop in a, you know, like on the ice and lazy it up and not put in the work who? at practice. Who? Yeah. Dog, dog poop in it. Um, that's a new <laughs> Sorry, French. I thought, you, I thought the name was Doug poop. Doug, Doug Huda. No, Doug. it was no. If you're no, it, basically it's a, it's a, just a way to slide it on the radio and TV right now. But if you're like lazy it up and not working and just being like, yeah, it's September camps in two weeks. Like, they're going to notice. They're going to yeah. stand there, Don Granado, Kevin Adams. They're going to look down and see who's putting in the work and see who's making gains, who looks good, who's excited about the season. You're starting right now to fight for more ice time for the Jack Quinn spot. You're fighting right now, and that is important. I'll tell you this. When in 2012, 2013, we had the lockout, I was home, was, was playing with the New York Rangers. I was home in Buffalo, you know, throughout the lockout. Then the CBA gets ratified, right? And everything is good. And it says, we are going to start camp in 10 days. And camp is going to be five days. And then no preseason games will go right into the season. So I'm thinking, I got 10 days at home. I'm going to enjoy this. I got a phone call the very next day from John Tortorella. Marty, when are you coming into town? I don't know. Camp starts uh, on the January the 7th, whatever. I'll come in on the 5th or whatever. It's like, uh, everybody's going to be here tomorrow. Love to have you here. Like, oh, darn it. Like, camp's already started, right? Like, even though camp wasn't started, camp was already started. So that's what's happening right now with the Sabres. So let me ask you a question, because I think you just opened up a box of really interesting conversation right there. Yeah. John Tortorella called you. Okay. <laughs> John Tortorella's phone call back then, would it be the same as getting a John Tortorella phone call now when he's the head coach in the National Hockey League? And what was your... You know when you get a call and the blood just absolutely drains from everywhere thinking I should be somewhere because <laughs> this guy is calling me or this lady's calling me or someone of importance is calling me and I'm not there. And why are you calling? So, hey, I mean, as you say, I mean, well, what, what was the feeling that went through you? John Tortorella calling you is telling you you need to be here. First of all, I was the player rep, right? The NHLPA player rep on the team. So I knew the rule. So we were not mandated to be in New York uh, skating at the practice facility until the first day of camp. That's so why this is a question you. because, yeah, that's because this is John you. calling. So John called, towards calling, I knew. I'm like, he started, how's the family? How's the holidays? Well, what's going on with you? How's Jacob? Because he knew Jacob well. Jacob was always in the locker room. And, uh, but I know this is all like, he's buttering me up, right? And just <laughs> like, you? drop the hammer. Um, which he did not pressure. He just said, Hey, everybody's going to be here We're, you know, they're going to skate. They're going to get organized. We don't have a lot of time to be ready. Uh, I need, I need you to be, to be prepared. You know, it's going to be a quick season. Lots of games. You're going to play. Sure enough. I didn't play a game in the last six weeks of the season because, <laughs> you know, we were fighting for our playoffs lives and it was yeah. Lundqvist, uh, Lundqvist, 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 Lundqvist all the time. But uh, yeah, you're right. You, you know exactly where this is going now. I don't know who's in town just yet. I haven't, you know, I know there's some guys that are here, but I I would think that this week we're going to start getting the obligatory uh, pictures of, hey, there's uh, Sabres in town, right? Sabres are skating at Lee Arbor Center and they're doing their informal skates. We're going to get a list of players. 
But I would think that Don Granado is also reaching out to everybody. How's your summer? What's happening? Talking to the guys that are here. Um, you can't pressure yeah. anybody to be here earlier than what they want to do. But I would think that a week early, 10 days early, is about the time you should be there to prepare for the season. Yeah. Don Granado calls and you're at a Kenny Chesney concert. And Don just happens to say, oh, you, sounds like you're listening to your Kenny Chesney uh, <laughs> on, your, on your phone. <laughs> Or really loud and there's a lot of people there you must, must be, be working fun. out right now it's you nine o'clock at night to your kenny chesney or whatever <laughs> you're <laughs> okay well when that workout's done you think we'll see you soon i mean uh you know we're thinking of getting the guys together i think you know it's bad when you talk to the coach and then an hour later you get a call from the gm right like that yeah. means the conversation did not go well and the coach went to the gm and says we need to talk to this guy i didn't get the glenn Sater call after the john tortorella call right. which was okay that's fine um, but, um, you know, I, I, I let him know I'm having a good time enjoying my kids. I think I knew at that time that I was ready to retire pretty soon. Do you off the top of your head? And if you don't have a story for that, that's fine. Uh, did you ever make a call to a teammate to say, um, I think you should get here today. Or is there a teammate remember that the guys were thinking, you know what? He's not here. We better give him a shout. Even though, as you say, we're not obligated but coach is looking around and people are talking that uh, we're not sure he might be here in a couple of days. Not for a week or two before training camp, but I do remember, I think it was Brendan Dubinsky was holding out the one year and I had been there. I had, I, I held out a month and a half. My, my second year, I think it was 2000, 2001 okay. uh, with the Buffalo Sabres contract dispute, did not sign, did not go to camp, did not miss a month. And then rejoined the team early November. So it was it was a tough, you know, period. But I learned. And I remember, I believe it was Brendan Dubinsky holding out. And I remember calling him and saying, hey, listen, just so you know, like camp is going and it's going well. Um, I don't know what's going on with your contract situation. And I hope that it works out. But if you feel like it may get resolved in four or five days from now, try to get it done now. We have a few preseason games going on, coming up. Like, we definitely need you to get up to speed. And I don't want to tell you, go sign whatever's on the table. Like, yeah. you do what you got to do. But if you feel like it's going to happen, well, make it happen now. Like, uh, tell your agent not to go on a two-day vacation and say, hey, we'll talk on Monday when it's Friday. Like, get it done Saturday or Sunday, right? I, I remember having those type of conversations um, because, to be honest with you, like I was skating with Michael Pekka when I held out in 2000 after the 99, 2000 season, um, you know, the summer of 2000, I'm holding out Pekka and I are skating out at the Northtown center. And I remember Pekka telling me by the time it's October, like Marty, your situation is different than mine. You probably should look to join the team ASAP. Right. He's like, mine's going to be a little longer, but he had been around the league a long time. So he had done that for me. I was trying to do that for some other guys. I wonder, well, I mean, to that point, is it different for a goaltender making that stance than a position player? Or is uh, it, well, it, a well, position it's player? Yes, it's different, but how? That's a better question for you. And also, it depends. Are you a leader on the team, right? And I right. felt like, uh, uh, for me, that year, I wasn't a leader on the team. We had great leaders. Dave Anderchuk came back. Uh, you know, we had Hashek there. We had, you know, so many guys that, that Stu Barnes was there. We had so many guys that were important to the team or was he there yes he was there that year uh but at the same time you know 
I was a leader then with the Rangers and needed to be able to help that. So I would think that I'm going to take an example here. I don't know if he's in town. I haven't seen if he's in town yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but if a guy like Victor Olson was showing up the, the day before training camp, that would be one that if I was a veteran and a friend, I'd say, hey, make sure you're here a little early. Make sure you're here a week or 10 days ahead and get on the ice and show everybody like you you want that Jack Quinn spot. You want to be top six forward. You, like, those are the type of guys for me that have something to gain by the 10 days before training camp and not just when training camp starts. You're, you're being evaluated before them. Yeah, you know, in Victor's case, I really hope he's confident in himself. I mean, I know he is from an offensive point of view, but as you state, there's a business that goes around with the game too. And there are always conversations that you find yourself a part of that might even surprise you because you think you're doing everything from your viewpoint that you are basically being paid to do, which in his instance was uh, he broke into the league and he scored goals from that face-off circle. He's a power play specialist and, and it worked for him. And then all of a sudden, um, the other aspects of the game kind of, as they always do, creep up and, and remind you that you need to do uh, a little bit more than and we all do in all of our jobs, where it's like, yes. I'm going to push myself a little bit more. So I can certainly speak for myself in saying, I really hope that he does come in. You want every player to have a fire under his belly, but I think for me, I really hope that he's he's got this confidence about him that he's always had. Um, and he's able to find that next level and that he has been able, if, if there has been any outside noise in his view, that he's not paid attention to it. Because I can tell you pretty much from, I'd say, 95% of the people that I've spoken to, um, they bring up Victor Olsson to me. And it's a player that they're very interested in because they're 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 hoping that there's a ceiling there that he's not yet met. And is this the, is this a, the season where maybe and the push that is necessary that's going to maybe like we saw with Casey Middlestad, that other side of Casey kind of lit up when yep. he had the opportunity and got healthy. So, um, yeah, that's I all think I it's there's this. there's certain players like Casey Middlestad's very polarizing in the sense that he's got such high end skills and you can yeah. see him developing into a, a, a fantastic player, but you always are are wanting more, right? And I think he got to a, a certain level last year that makes you believe that he could get there. Victor is the same way; it, it always leaves you like, oh. I want I want more for Victor, but again, his stats and everything that he's been able to to provide shows that he's been able to do it. So it'll be interesting with those two. Um, but you talk about Casey Millstat, like Thomas Vanek for me was one that he showed up ten days before camp, and he would be waiting at the far blue line for breakaway passes, and you know, like guys would yell at him, <laughs> "How about you work out? Uh, you work a little harder." Like we're getting ready, it'd be like whatever, but he'd still be the same Vanek whenever he stepped on the ice and we performed to a high level, right? And you're like, okay, yeah. well, it's Thomas Vanek, and that's who he was. So you can't change people, but you can hope that when there's an opportunity and and a chance to be able to prove something that you're going to take it. So that's what is happening right now. I feel like in the, in the early goings of September, the rookies are obviously going to fight it off at the, uh, the prospect challenge. And that's going to be fun on Friday, Saturday, and Monday uh, with fan fest on the Saturday, the 16th, that's going to be awesome. But then as soon as camp starts, it's a big boys and let's see who wants it more. Well, and and therein lies the benefit too, right? For and there's many of them for what the Sabers have managed to do. And when you read all of the breakdowns of who has the best prospect or talent pool, however, whatever yep. phrase you want to use, 
therein lies the benefit. You you would know better because you played in that situation where somebody else is right behind you all of a sudden, where maybe for a couple of years there was, well, it's just the two of us here, so I'm good. But then two years flies by quicker than you know. All of a sudden, there's a pipeline of guys. And that's what yeah. Buffalo has now. And to your point, I mean, it, it takes one or two people to start shining and all of a sudden catching the attention of coaches, management, ownership, everybody is involved and everybody's watching with a very keen eye now about the future, not just the now, but the future that can be part of the now sooner rather than later. And obviously there's a temptation to make those moves really quickly. That's something Kevin Adams has managed to kind of just temper and make sure everybody is allowed to mature at their own pace and and not put a timeline on any specific player. But to that point, that's where I'm thinking about, you know, someone again like Victor sitting there thinking, look, I have the experience. I have the talent. I have proven I can score in this game. So what is it that I have to keep proving? Well, that's got to be conversations, obviously, with the coaching staff and everybody else. Listen, well, the- I have to admit, I'm not you know, tell me what it is you need for me yeah. and I'll give it to you. Right. And don't sit around acting like you know what it is, uh, because now you all of a sudden have not one guy, not two players, not three players knock on the door. You've got a crop of players on that in that farm system and feeder system all of a sudden that you could plug into a game and they could start learning at their pace. But so. funny enough, 20 years ago, you used to be able to just kind of shield that out. If yes. you didn't go to the grocery store, to the magazine section and picked up the hockey news or the the the, the whatever, the NHL magazine, you didn't know the prospects who was coming to push and what the, if the Sabres were top ranked in the prospect or last ranked in the prospects, right. but now with social media, everybody knows everything. So that's happening uh, quickly because I know we, it's already Tuesday afternoon. I was going to say morning. We're already 15 minutes into the show. Um, and, and we could talk about this all, all afternoon, all week. Right. I mean, the fact that it's September, that training camp is here, that the season is, a month and a week away on October 12th when the Sabres open up against the Rangers. But, hey, individual single game tickets are now on sale, so you can go on Sabres.com and buy just individual game tickets. So that is happening. And also the Sabres tweeted this morning they are going to have uh, theme nights again this year. So, you know, there is going to be Hockey Fights Cancer Night. There is going to be... Um, you know, a military appreciation appreciation night. There is going to be pride night. There is going to be all of these. The players are not going to wear special jerseys because the league is not allowing that. But we are going to continue the team nights. So this is going to be a great step forward. Also, the Sabres will bring the black and red this year. 15 games, Dan, 15 games. Last year, the Sabres were 10-1-1 in 12 games in the black and red. So you know what? Maybe if they would have won at 15 games, they would have made the playoffs, right? I think that's what they're yeah. saying this year. Like, hey, let's put that on our side. Let's be evil, as Rasmus Dalling said. There is no doubt that when that group, this specific group, this generation of uh, young players coming up, and in, I'm including everyone on that roster because younger than we are, um, there is something when they put that red and black jersey on, black and red. And um, 15 games, I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, you win all 15 of them, and I think you're golden. Oh, absolutely. Well, yeah, I mean, if you go 10, 2, and 3 or whatever, I think no, you, you're – No, 15. You're, you're winning all 15. 15. You're, okay. You're, well, you're that would be – that would beast. be very, very good uh, if yeah. if you do all 15. They transition. They transition well, you know what? This, this this different kind of – I don't know. It's like a, mo- a movie creature all of a sudden that you just can't defeat. 
this is a, a great thing. great segue into uh, what we've been doing this summer, Duffer and I and Dan. I love that you're on today because we can do it. It's Teams of the Day. And we are wrapping up Teams of the Day, the segment with W's today uh, with the Washington Capitals and the Winnipeg Jets. But because Duffer is usually the Sabres historian and he's not here today, he recorded a couple of little, I call them the Canadian heritage moments. Remember when they used to play on TV, the Canadian heritage moment? They were like minute, minute and a half vignettes or whatnot. Yeah, but Duffer wouldn't record a Canadian heritage moment. No, he, he would not. Past, it's a is, Buffalo Sabres heritage moment, I'm going to call it. it and it's a little a, longer yeah. than a minute. Uh, but the Sabres could do in black and red, what the Sabres did to the Washington Capitals in the early going, because everybody beat up on Washington when they first started. So for oh, this Jack team, Lynch, thanks you for that. Uh, I know, thanks. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but for this team of the day, the Washington Capitals, we're going to toss it to Duffer and his three and a half minutes on the Buffalo Sabres history with the Washington Capitals. Marty, I want to start with a birthday greeting, a former Sabre draft pick. He was Vasily Glotov, seventh rounder back in 2016. He got into three games with the Amherst in his time. He was mostly with Cincinnati. He's been playing in the KHL and continues to do so now. But he was one of the great infectious smiles after being drafted by the Sabres and was always a kid that people were rooting for. And he certainly seemed to have a lot of deep love for this organization. Stacking W's at the end, we hope, of course, that's what the Sabres are planning to do when they get into the playoffs this year. But it's also how we are concluding our Teams of the Day segment, stacking the W's and starting with Washington, an elite team of the last 15 years. Look, this this squad has been top three in the NHL in that period of time. They have their Stanley Cup win from 2018. They still have Ovechkin. But, man, were they terrible in the early days. I mean, when they came in close to the mid-'70s, everybody was feasting on them. The Sabres in the first 16 years versus the Capitals went 41-9-9. and nine. Now, in the most recent 33 years, it's a lot closer to 500. The Sabres are 53, 49, and 16. But you get the idea here, just how hard it was for Washington, how long it took them to gain respectability, and then obviously once they did... They've been one of the front runners in the NHL. Uh, Ryan Miller, uh, best of the bunch as far as wins against the Caps. He went 15 and 11. Hoshik must not have had much run support because he went 10, 8, and 3 despite a 940 save percentage and 189 goals against. But it's the 70s and 80s tandem of Solvay and Edwards that really took advantage of how bad the Capitals were. That Vesna duo in their careers combined against Washington, 19, 1, and 5. That's absolutely ridiculous. Marty, solid numbers, 9-6-1 and one as the Sabre versus the Caps, but I think we have to tip the cap to the scorers overall. 45 different Sabres have more have a or more than a point per game against Washington in their careers. Now, listen to this list of notable players. Jody Gage, Brian Engblom, John Thomas, Sergei Petrenko, Brad Brown, Tori Mitchell, Will Butcher, Bob Hag, Anders Bjork, Tyson Jost, Ilya Labushkin, Tony Tanti, Miko Makala, and Paul Shahura. And yes, the Perros and Gares and others of the world are a lot closer to the top. Uh, Buffalo's first ever 14-goal game. We were talking about this last week when RJ had that memorable 14-goal night call against the Toronto Maple Leafs in a 14-4 win. Well, his first go-around with it was against the Caps, little early Christmas present, 1975, 14-2 
At the odd, Buffalo crushed the Caps. Martin and Garrett, five points each. Perot, Stanfield, loose four each. Spencer, Jacques Richard, and Jim Schoenfeld, three points apiece. The Capitals, though, have the only playoff series win between these two teams. That, of course, was a six-gamer. Happened in the conference finals in 1998 before Washington and Ola Kolzig would want to lose the Detroit in the Stanley Cup final. We will force Marty to talk a little Winnipeg later on here on Sabres Live, or is it? <laughs> 14 yeah, to 2, Dan. 14 to 2. Could we get one of those 14 to 2 nights so you can call like 14 Sabres goals? That would be awesome. Hey, I'll take two one wins all season long too. That's fine. Um, <laughs> that's a lot of numbers we just had thrown at us, and they're they're yes. good numbers for historians that that want to tell that side of the story. Um, what are your Capitals' memories when it comes in relation to their relationship oh. against the Sabers or Sabers uh, fandom? You know what? What's fun about doing these segments is sometimes I don't think about it, and then it comes to me. I remember a preseason game against the Washington Capitals here in Buffalo where I tried to fight Craig Billington. Like, Billington was a little guy, but he skated all the way down, and he tried to come after me. It was I must have been feeling really, really good about myself to try to get in a preseason fight. Um, wasn't it Ryan Miller and Jonathan Bernie, newly retired Jonathan Bernie, that got in a fight in preseason Toronto-Buffalo one year? That was the John Scott-Phil Kessel thing, I believe. So anyway, that, um, I remember we, um, uh, I remember the Ovechkin goal and, and it wasn't even me, but it's just one that everybody's got to remember. Right. And I remember it most because my brother called me after that game. So the Washington Capitals in 05, 06 are in, uh, Arizona playing the Phoenix Coyotes and Ovechkin beats Brian Boucher on the toe drag, falling backwards, backhand. Right. And my brother was playing with the Washington Capitals and he called me after the game. And listen, the, the time difference and everything, it was 1.30 in the morning when he called me. And he's like, did you see what just happened? Because he was playing with Ovi and the Washington Capitals and he was actually on the bench when that happened. So um, that's one of those memorable Washington moments. I don't have much about the actual Washington Capitals uh, franchise overall. Yeah, Especially in my time in Buffalo. Yeah, and it's interesting because for this generation of, of Sabres fans growing up around their team, and when you talk about the Capitals and, and the history, it's all going to be about Ovechkin, right? I mean, there are other yes. players that are definitely contributing. I mean, Backstrom is probably the quietest um, star player that we've seen in the league for quite some time, to be honest, um, depending on what the likes of uh, maybe a couple of current Dallas Stars players will do with their careers only a couple of years in. But that being said, um, it's an interesting history for the Capitals because it's at a point now where you wonder if it's a history, although it could be all-time changing history if it works yeah. out for number eight. Could it also be a history that is chased with um, a real price tag attached to it? And that, of course, is you know turning over your roster to stay up with younger, faster, and, uh, you know, teams that are cycling their way through into a position of being a constant. And that's not to say that the Capitals are not, but they're certainly in a different uh, a different time of their history right now. So to me, it's going to be interesting to watch. They're still paying Ovechkin $9.5 million for three more years. Nick Baxter, 9.2 for two more years. Now they're looking to trade Evgeny Kuznetsov at 7.8 for two more years. Uh, you know, they're committed to John Carlson for three more years. Like this is a Washington Capitals team that is still thinking they're in there. They're number eight 
uncap friendly in their uh, in in payroll right now. When it comes to the National Hockey League, they're not thinking. They're rebuilding. They're not going back to the bottom. They're staying at the top right now. They're trying to keep that working. They changed their coach this year, so they're hoping that a new voice is going to make that happen. Yep. Oh, I remember of one more. Um, my moment against the Washington Capitals, my first <laughs> ever playoff series. I know those watching on MSG are not going to like this because it was my time with the Philadelphia Flyers. So if we got the clip, we can run it. It's overtime. Game seven, tied 2-2. We are on the power play. Danny Briere lost the draw, but we ended up winning it because Jeffrey Lupo got to the puck in the corner before everybody else. Shot from the point. Cristobal UA did not control the rebound well, and Jeffrey Lupo scored. I was just skating as fast as I could down the ice. Can you imagine? Like my first playoff series as a starting goaltender, we're up 3-1 in the series against Washington. That's in 08. And we lose game five and six, just to have to go to Washington for game seven and we win in an OT. So that's good play, my... Yeah. And a good player too, to have a Joffrey Lupo reference on the show, um, there might have to be a little education for this generation of fans too, but that was a very intriguing player when he was on. He was, uh, and I'm Ducks. Jeffrey Lupo was good. Yeah. Uh, Philadelphia Flyers Lupo was good. And then after that, it didn't go so well in Toronto and everything else. But uh, Tom Pody was in the penalty box. He took a tripping penalty in the neutral zone. What was the most interesting thing you remember about Tom Pody? Well, that look was interesting as he sat in the box. Yeah, that was that was pretty bad. But Tom Pody was allergic to about every food you could find, but could eat anything on the McDonald's menu. That was like the one interesting thing. Like he was allergic to everything. They had to cater to him special meals for post-game meal, wow. plain meals, everything. But he could go to McDonald's drive-thru and order anything on the menu. So he could not eat, I don't know, sweet potatoes and corn. Yeah. Or he could not eat chicken and uh, barbecue, whatever. He had to be special. It was, it was, it was very interesting. That was the yeah. whole thing everybody knew about Tom Pody. Oh, so, there should be but... a book out about that. That's uh, there'd be some people who <laughs> you could go write ahead and that. write it. That would be yeah. like two page for me. <laughs> yeah, what I what I couldn't eat by Tom Pody. Yeah, yeah, well, that would be a long list. That'd probably help a lot of people out there, Marty. You got to think of the big picture, right? Yes. Uh, speaking of the big picture, when we come back. Uh, we're going to take your picture uh, with another, of course, uh, W team shortly. As Defro will get back with more of what he has to say, and we will also. Um, Remind you once again about the single game tickets coming up uh, on for sale now for the Buffalo Sabres. When Sabres Live continues in just a moment. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're back with more of Sabres Live. Presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Sabres Live, uh, we're close to you all the time just because you join us, and we thank you for that. Uh, Dunleavy <laughs> and Baron, uh, Brian Duff, as you saw, is in transit somewhere, and obviously that's uh, probably a rock and roll show, and he'll have all the stories for it when he gets back. Yes. In the meantime, um, uh, more on the W teams and uh, Sabres memories, and uh, Duffer will get to that in a moment with his take on it. Then we'll get Marty's take on uh, his connections and, and memories and uh, there's one that's pretty obvious, and I'm sure there's others that will maybe be uh, not so obvious to the rest of us, and Marty can share a story or two. So that's what we're aiming for here. Also, remind you some of the announcements that the team made today, and they're rather significant. And I think um, aside from single-game tickets being available today, the other significant announcement for many people who loved what the team did in the black and red jerseys last season and were hoping they would be back uh, they are back, 15 games worth that uh, they will be back and um, looking forward to that. Hopefully they're not all on the national broadcast. Maybe we get some. On the uh, well, the first one is not on the national broadcast. The first that. one is on October 21st against the New York Islanders here at home. So, Good. and then um, obviously there is going to be 15 of them. So that's great. Just quickly, because they did announce hockey theme nights uh, are going to be back with the Sabres. So home opener, obviously that's a theme night. Black and red, back in black and red, that's October 21st. That's a theme night. Happy Halloween on October 29th is a theme night. Occupied's Cancer is November 10th. Native American Heritage Night is December 5th. That's always a big one. Winterfest is happening. Kids Takeover Day as well. Sabertooth's Birthday, uh, Military Appreciation Night, Hockey, Youth Hockey Day, and Choose Love Night the and Pride Night. I mean, I, I keep reading them, and there's more and more and more, which is awesome. Those theme nights are always great. Yeah, it's all about being a good person, right, and sharing hockey with everybody. Dingus Day it's, celebration. Sorry, no, I, I didn't want to cut you up. That's they, on my list, too. They are all really important. I'm assuming we're shaving our heads again. I haven't heard anything official on that. But yeah. I will say that, um, in all honesty, if I was asked to pick one, and I wasn't, but kids day to me is always the one that brings out the reminder of what it was like to be a young hockey fan and just love the game and really not care about all the discussion around it. Although kids today can have quite the discussion as you would know uh, about player stats and everything else that, as you mentioned before, we didn't have a lot of that when we were growing up around hockey, you'd watch the game on Wednesday, Friday, or Saturday night, and then you would probably not even read about it in the paper because you were just so excited to wait for the next game, and you just kind of left it. But now everything builds forward. So Kids Day for me, I remember the PA announcer that sat in last oh, year yeah. was outstanding. Uh, I wish I could remember the young man's name right now, but he came into the booth and visited with me a few times, and I just told him, just go be yourself. This is your moment to shine, and he let everyone hear him oh. through the entire He game. had a lot of goals to call, too, which was awesome. <laughs> it was great. All right, so looking forward to that. Uh, really quickly, before we get to Winnipeg, yep. Marty, uh, for those that don't know Jerry Meehan, you've talked about him on the show, and you've had him on the show. I had never really had five minutes with Mr. Meehan. Um, 
as I'm off to grow up and refer to somebody. But at the Sabres Alumni Golf Tournament, uh, to my delight, I showed up and there was a golf cart with his name on it and mine as well. So I rode for 18 holes with Jerry Meehan. And obviously the number of stories he has around and about this hockey team, which he is a true historian because he is uh, a big reason for much of the history of the team, was just a delight. Um, that being said, what can you tell today's generation of fans of what Jerry Meehan means to the Buffalo Sabres organization when you look back at the history of this team? Well, obviously, Jerry Meehan's the one that uh, materialized the Dominic Hasek trade, right? So that was a big one. And and when you were a GM in the 80s and early 90s and 70s before that, like you had to go and really dig to find talent elsewhere because we remember like the Montreal Canadiens basically owned Quebec. They got all their talent yeah. from Quebec and they were, they, they build fences around Quebec. So nobody would know who the players are. And, you know, the Sabres were able, able to get Gilbert Perrault and the French connection, but that's what Montreal would do. And, and, and Boston would have the, the Northeast and Minnesota would grab all those kids up there. But, you know, you had to really work to get players. And so what Jeremy Ian was able to do is find talent when he went to scout the Olympics and the world championships. And he had seen Dominic Hasek before and he's like, he's going to be really good. We need him. And then the deal happened with Chicago and Winnipeg, the three-way deal that Hasek came in and it changed the franchise. Like a deal like that for Jeremy Ian changed the franchise. The Alexander McGillney, right? Having to go and get McGillney. Like that story alone is a book. Like the, the fact that McGillney defected and they had to drive through the night and all of that. I remember reading about the Stesny brothers. Uh, they left Czechoslovakia at the time and then traveled through the nights in the mountains to go to Austria, to go to the Canadian consulate, to be able to get sent over. Like there, it was dangerous. Now, I mean, I wouldn't think that Kevin Adams is going to go and into war Ukraine, Russia to pull somebody out personally like get somebody out of there like you don't do that but back then you had to do crazy reckless things and Jeremy Ian had to do a few of those things and that's why he was able to gather so much talent in the late 80s early 90s yeah and and still just so aware of what's going on around the game too um and what was actually most interesting and touching and just about hockey relationships or any business where you have a good relationship with people you work with and it's something you treasure because they don't often they don't always come to you but when uh Pierre Turgeon I had mentioned to him that I had been with Jerry Meehan all day and it was the first time I had a chance he's he's here and then the two of them yeah. met and it was one of the longest hugs of the entire day just the pure joy of seeing one another those two um was a real highlight I'll never forget that moment I had nothing to do with you know hockey and in the moment it was just two people who really had a ton of respect and and really love for one another that they saw each other again so it was really it was an awesome moment for me. I just wanted to share that because uh, Jerry's a really, you know him. I just barely got to know him for 18 holes and what he's, a good man. He's one of those, like I talk about like having our Sabres alumni meetings, the board meetings, and when voices like Don Luce and Larry Playfair yeah. talk, I listen. Jeremy and when he talks, you listen. He did mention like he, he brought up like you know, the younger generation to continue to help with the Sabres alumni and the programs and everything that we do. And we have a lot of young retired players that are still involved in it. So that is great. Uh, but he is fantastic. Go. I quickly Googled Jeremy and McGillney, right? And right. there's a Sabres link to a story that was written a few years ago about how Don Luce and Jeremy and um, you know, basically went and got McGillney after the world championship, how they met and everything. So it's pretty interesting. 
Yes, it is. All right. So I took up uh, some time there, but I thought uh, Mr. Meehan would be worth it. And yes. I still believe he is. So I'd like to move on to the next W team that Brian put some work into. Brian Duff, once again, discussing his uh, Sabres connections with teams around the National Hockey League. The W first team was Washington. This with Brian's thoughts on the Sabres history with the Winnipeg Jets. While they came from another league, they would eventually become the Coyotes. They have been known as the Thrashers, but we're only going to focus on the Jets portion of Winnipeg's history, which is now twice in the NHL. And the most recent one, the Sabres have been okay against this current form of Jets, 10, 13, and 2. And that's from the 2011-12 season up until now. Kyle Opozo, the captain, is the current leader of the group against this uh, new era Jets. 10 points in 12 games. But goaltending's been interesting. Robin Leonard, the only one to have modest success, 2-0 lifetime against uh, Winnipeg. The February 23rd game, though, of 2020 might be the most memorable goaltending performance we've seen from Buffalo against the current Jets because it netted Jonas Johansson. His first NHL win. He stopped 25 and 26 on the Sunday afternoon day at Key Bank. Kyle Oposo scored both goals and they won two to one. Super special day for Jonas, of course. Now, whether it's the new Jets or the old Jets, playoff success has been extremely elusive for this group. Both uh, incarnations of the team, if you will, only one trip to the conference finals. It happened in 2018 for them when they lost to expansion. Vegas from 79-80 when the Jets came in from the WHA to 1995-96. Man, the Sabres feasted on them 30, 12, and 4 against the Winnipeg team that didn't seem to carry over much of what they had done well in the WHA. There were three-time Avco Cup champs in the league, um, but as we all know, of the four teams that moved into the NHL from the WHA, Edmonton had the most success. Of course, Quebec ultimately had success in Denver after the move, and Hartford had success in Carolina after the move, but it's uh, Winnipeg that's the lone handout, holdout, pardon me, that hasn't had any success when it comes to championships. As far as player connections and player scoring, um, this one's interesting. Phil Housley, 14 goals, 33 points in 23 games against Winnipeg. No wonder the Jets wanted to acquire him in the Howard Chuck deal. Uh, Danny Gare, 12 goals, nine games versus Winnipeg. McGillney, 10 goals in nine games. And I believe at least one shot that uh, rifled off the portrait of Queen Elizabeth II. Um, we'll have to go with that and assume that it's uh, deeply embedded in, in Sabres lore, but, uh, God save the queen, as they say. Sabres had nine hat-tricks versus Winnipeg all-time. McGillney with a couple. Gare with a couple. Howard Housley. Gilles Hamel, his first and only one. That was in 1983. Real Cluche had 27 between the WHA and the NHL, but his last one came with the Sabres, and that was in 1984 against Winnipeg. And Jim Schoenfeld, not noted for his scoring, had his first and only hat-trick in March of 1981. On that note, Marty and Dan, there have been seven hat-tricks by Sabres defensemen in franchise history. Housley with two, Van Boxmere, Hanno Verta, Jerry Korab, Rasmus Ristolainen, and the aforementioned Shoney trick versus the Jets. Marty, I look forward to your game-by-game career against Winnipeg. And if you did, in fact, find some success. Well, no, there's not going to be a game-by-game breakdown of my... Lack of success or success against the Winnipeg Jets. So we're going to forget about that. Um, but I'll tell you this. 
Dan, the queen. There was that big picture of the queen at the one end of the old Winnipeg Jets arena. And I remember in 95, 96, when I got called up to the Sabres as an 18-year-old, that's the first game that Hasek came back after being hurt. So I sat out, right? And the puck did not hit the picture of the queen. But I remember being sit like sitting in the nosebleed. And I don't remember who I was sitting with. But between the two of us, there was one empty seat. And in warm-ups, a puck came up and smashed that wooden seat in half. Like, you know, because there was no netting around anywhere. And right. in warm-ups, pucks would fly everywhere. So this guy took a slap shot off the crossbar and it came zooming right up. And it hit the seat between us. That's what I remember of the old Winnipeg Arena. Yeah, and uh, just one of the rinks that you can't replace. And yes, the the picture of the Queen. I mean, in, in Canada, we'd have a, a commentator by the name of Don Cherry who would always bring that up, right? Don yeah. would always point out. <laughs> well, that was really common in Canada and all the local rinks. You always had yeah. the Canadian flag and a picture of the Queen oh, yeah. everywhere. You, If you grew up in Ontario, you'd go to all the little rinks that'd be a picture of the Queen. There's still oh, some rinks that have yep. the picture of the Queen, even though... I mean, she's passed on, and now there's a yeah. king, but there's still a picture of the queen in some rinks. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we did in the old Georgetown rink as well. I don't yeah. think you ever oh, made yeah. it the Georgetown Memorial. Did you? No, I never no. gone to Georgetown. They they yeah. have a team in the uh, OJHL, I believe they do still. Probably, yes. Yeah. So. All right, Marty. Um, so fewer thoughts on Winnipeg than Washington, which is interesting, given that the history of Winnipeg, as Brian mentioned, is – in back and then out and then back in again, as far as that whole history around, you know, movement and different teams and different locations and coming back into the game. And I remember being in Winnipeg when uh, it was announced they were coming back into the game and the yeah. city was absolutely just going crazy over it. Um, the arena seats, what, I don't want to get the number wrong, but about 15 or 15, so, right 15,000, a little over 15, yeah. 15 or so. And I can tell you from a play-by-play perspective, um, going into that rink, it's one of the best. Uh, aside from the fact, I believe there's a giant beam that blocks my view in the zone to my left. <laughs> that I have to, for some reason, I don't understand why we're in the booth, but I love the fact we're there anyway. So that would but be there's, the Saber zone in the first and third. There's a giant, yeah, there's you. a giant beam that I have to duck under to look at what's going on on the ice. So um, I'm just saying, I'm not oh, complaining. Wow. It's it's funny. It's I love it's Winnipeg. Funny. I'll tell you this: yeah. anybody that complains about Winnipeg, and yes, it is cold at uh, you know in the city in the winter, but I love Winnipeg. They got great fans, and uh, it's always fun to go in there. You ever go? You're a bit of a fisherman, aren't you? No, I'm a golfer. No, neither am I. I, I. I fish. I go on the you know fish a little bit here, but yeah. um, you know what? Hold that thought. I don't know what your question was going to be, but we got to be about things to do in the summer. Gonna... Yeah, in Winnipeg, what would you do? You go and fish. They got tons of lake out there, so they do have a lot of lakes out That's there. All. I'm sure Dylan yeah. Cousins would love that. Maybe we'll talk a little cousins and Paterka when we come back, Dan, because we'll have about a minute to fill before one bills live. So yeah, let's uh, let's take a break here on Sabers Live, and uh, when we come back, best and worst of the weekend, maybe a little Dylan Cousins, JJ Paterka, Dan, and uh, we'll see what we got here. We'll be back let's in just it. a few minutes. Back with more of Sabres Live, presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. We got about 20 seconds. We got to do that quick. Dan, you're going to the game next Monday night. Bills at Jets. What's going to be the, the final score? Go Bills. Uh, 17-10. Bills win this one. All the hype around the Jets is going to turn around and bite them in the dairy air. 
Okay, well, thanks right. for joining in today. We'll see you tomorrow on Sabres Live. Have a good one, everybody. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.